gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run Hey, this is Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures TV. We have had a great run showing our love for dogs with our show, our podcast, our social media, and all that is based on Soggy Acres Retrievers. We proudly bring this podcast to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers and ask you if you are looking for training, boarding, or a yellow, black, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppies, please check out SoggyAcres.com. Remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Our great fans of the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, we are growing at an astronomical rate, and I want to thank you all. I do ask one thing from you. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Please give us a thumbs up. Follow us, subscribe to us on whatever other platforms you're on. And the most important thing I can ask, share our podcast with your friends so that we can grow our love for the dogs and dogs in the field and make it so that people are more involved in our sport. Again, thank you so much for being listeners. Take care. Welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventure Podcast. I'm your hapless host, Jeff Fuller. I'm here with my lovely wife, Catherine. Hello. Her name is Kate, for everyone that uh, doesn't know. She always goes by Catherine or Cat, and I, when I met her, decided that her name was Kate. So I named her, because she was mine. And it's funny, because now anyone that knows her through the TV show, sports shows, or our kennel business calls her Kate. Anyone that knows her through work or her family call her Catherine or Cat. So, Kate is on the show today. We have an exciting show. We're going to talk about puppy-proofing your home. We are going to get into potty training with a crate as usage during the dog training tip. And then during the hunting tip, Kate is going to give her surefire way to work with the hunter in your family, your significant other, in her hunting tips for us. So, Kate... Welcome back to the show. Thank you. So we're going to start out with the puppy proofing your home ideas for that. I think most people know a lot of the general things. I think sometimes we miss on some of the finer points. There's a lot of articles out there about what you can do to puppy proof your house. Um, obviously, protect uh, stairways. Make sure you got baby gates up so your puppy doesn't fall down the stairs. Or conversely, if you have things upstairs you don't want the puppy to get into, you put the puppy gate up there. Um, And remember, it's about not just them falling down the stairs. If they can go up it, then they can fall back down it. So you want to make sure they don't even have the option. Yep, so cordon off those uh, stairwells. Um, Make sure that those are safe. If you have a door, make sure the door is latched. Um, So people kind of think of those usually on their own, I think. Um, some of the less obvious ones are things like medication on your nightstand. If you've got any types of vitamins, medications, even just food or drink, 
that's at a level the puppy can reach, get it out of there. And, and for adult dogs even, medications in your purse, right, Kate? Yeah, we had a terrible situation. I have a purse and then I have my my work bag. So, you know, like a lot of ladies, it's a very large tote and you put things in there like your water bottle. I, I have to stop you right there. It can be a lot of men too. We have men, there's nurses out there or satchels. So please, I digress. Now move on. We're going with the uh, vast majority of people where it's ladies who have a tote who carry their makeup and things like that. Maybe a spare flat shoes, things like that. I had way, way in the bottom of that bag an empty uh, prescription bottle. And what I used to do is, especially when I traveled with Jeff with the TV show, I would have a variety of medications in there. Just uh, mostly over-the-counter things. Allergy medicine, Tylenol, aspirin, ibuprofen, antacid, things like that. Just all kind of in that bottle so we had a little bit of everything when we would travel. Or I would have a little everything available to myself at work. Uh, they dug into the bottom of the bag and got it. Um, and they were probably two years old already or so, I would say. So um, so definitely make sure that you don't have anything at a level that any dog, right? Like you said, even adult dogs, make sure they can't reach at it. I know it's a convenience factor to have things, you know, where you can get at it, like your nightstand. But put it away. Make sure it's nowhere where any dogs can get a hold of. And then other things for puppy-proofing, cords. Um, people get mad when the dog chews their phone cord or things like that. Well, it's chewy. If you're a puppy, it's chewy. So get it out of there. Flip-flops, kids' toys, you know, Barbies, Legos, things like that. Those are all delicious if you're a puppy. So get those up and out of the way. Um, if you're relying on your kids to keep their bedroom doors shut, um, should you really do that? <laughs> we don't really rely on them to do that ever. It's not going to happen. Just make sure the stuff is picked up and out of the way. Um, and, and quite honestly, that's something we failed at with our kids. Now, yep. now with one out of the house and one as a teenager, the dogs will go up there to eat because mm -hmm. they will find something that is old food and disgusting. Wrappers, yeah, anything. Um, so, yep, definitely make sure that either it's all picked up or you've picked it up or whatever needs to be done. But watch out for things like that. Um, one thing a lot of people don't realize is that artificial sweeteners, which are very common in our supplements and our food, are extremely, extremely toxic to dogs. Um, if you can't eliminate it from your household entirely, just make sure it's very well put out of the way of the dogs. It's When you look toxic. at like your yard, even we're talking house, let's talk about landscaping real quick. We had a deposit down on a pup from another kennel at one point, and they had a litter of puppies that were out hanging out and they were over by the uh by the landscaping and the puppies got into a ornamental japanese yew which is like a it's it's like an evergreen type um bonsai type looking thing Tree that's thing yeah i think it's a bush but it killed one of the puppies because it ate some of it because it's chewy and you look up I believe it's Y-E-W, Japanese U. You look that up and it talks about how one mouthful will kill a cat, dog, or horse. It's fatal. Like, fatal upon consumption. There's no hope. There's no help. So make sure you're looking outside as well. And going back to Kate with her purse or satchel story, uh, you want to make sure that you don't have things from like a fundraiser in your purse. Like... Money and money. checks. Yeah, they, they ate an envelope of money for one of our kids' cheer fundraisers. They ate most of the cash and part of the checks. So, of course, we had to make up the difference because uh, cash is cash. So, 
Um, yeah, even something that you think they would never eat that that is so stupid. Yes, they will. Absolutely. Yes, they will. Long so. story short, if it can be chewed, it will be chewed. It takes a while to curtail that behavior. You do have to tell them no if they're doing it and correct them. Uh, as they get older, they will chew less. But if it can be chewed, still can be chewed. And then when you're outside, other things to, to take care of in your yard, animal feces, sometimes even from other dogs. You want to make sure that you're keeping stuff picked up so that puppies who are naturally gross and chew on things don't eat and chew on things out in the yard as well. And get sick. So, yep, protecting them, protecting their health. That is, that is the moral of the story. And if you think it could be consumed, it most likely will be. So that will take care of this part of the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast today. We are going to take a quick break and we are going to come back with how to potty train slash crate train your puppy, which is something that we tell all of our clients, and I'm sure we've talked about in the past, but what the heck, we'll hit that up today on a rainy day here in Wisconsin, coming up after this. Jeff Fuller again from Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. When you look at hunting, you need to have yourself prepared. Our good friends at Mac Outdoors have reloading supplies, as well as great clay target machines to get you prepared so you have more success in the field. Don't get that dirty look from your dog. Check out Mac Outdoors. Welcome back to the show. The first challenge you have when you get a new dog home is potty training. Now, we have dogs that run competitions, so we will have puppies, in quotes, that are two years old. We had Tank, who was two years old, had never been in a house uh, for long durations of time. So it is a formula or a method that you use to get them so they understand we don't go in the house, we go outside. Yep, and it's a it's a pretty simple formula. It works. It's effective even, like you said, on older dogs who may have not had the consistency when they were younger. Um, but it's a, it's a good formula. It's simple enough. You just got to follow it. And it's, it's very... Uh, regimented. There are steps. Step one is have a crate and put the puppy in it and make sure no matter how big the dog is or small that they only have room to stand up, sit down, lay down, and turn around because otherwise they'll do the proverbial I'll mess over here and sleep over there. Yes, we don't want to give them indoor plumbing that mm -hmm. will sit in the crate on the other end so they can comfortably relax in the other side of the kennel. Yeah, like here, I made you a mess over here and I'm going to sleep over there. So use some sort of really solid surface item like a cooler. Coolers are great for this. To section off, if your crate did not come with a divider, section off the area that he's allowed to be in and the other area that he's not allowed to be in because he would just make a mess over there. So do that first. And then we usually start with about one hour in the crate, one to two hours. We pick the puppy up after that time is up and we walk them to the same place in the yard and we set them down there and we encourage them, you know, go potty, go potty. You say it about a million times, go potty until they do. And then it's yay, over the top praise and clapping and jumping around and acting absolutely ridiculous. Which and is... <laughs> again, this is not just at night. We're talking no. during the day. We're not just going to plunk the puppy down in the house and let him run around all day. Mm -mm. We're going to start the crate training the minute the puppy gets home. Yep, absolutely. Because if you do this pattern and you do it properly, by the time 9 or 10 o'clock rolls around, you'll have actually started to already establish the behavior. And the important thing is when the puppy is in that crate for that one to two hours, I mean, he is going to throw a 
fit, like a fit of epic proportions like you've never seen before. Screaming, howling, crying, clawing, just whooping it up. And it's not like a baby where you're going to train some sort of learned helplessness. You do need to ignore him. Just ignore him. Otherwise, if you put him in there at 9 or 10 at night, he's going to do it at night. So let him have a Tendency fit. to overreact when it's 3 in the morning is quite high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let him have his fit four, five, six times during the day as you repeat this process so that by the time you want to go to sleep at whatever time of night, uh, he realizes at least to some extent that throwing a fit's not going to work. So anyway, you take him to the yard. Yay, good dog after he goes. And then bring him inside for one to two hours of supervised play. And we do mean supervised. The dog's got to be within eyesight. Um, we've made this mistake where we put the dog in charge with a child, a kid, you know, a 10-year-old or whatever. They are not going to watch a the 20 puppy. Year old, a 20-year-old, a 16-year-old. A 20-year-old, a 60-year-old. They're not going to watch the puppy. Dogs are very particular about where they're going to go to the bathroom. We should almost look at it as a compliment. They're finding that spot that's right for them. Mm-hmm. They also do it by scent. So the more times a dog goes in the house, the more scent is down. Make sure if they do have an accident, they're reprimanded and you're cleaning it thoroughly with a product that will hopefully get rid of the majority of that scent. But again, they are sniffing around when they're looking. If you see your dog sniffing around and acting like they are trying to find that perfect spot, take them outside. Scoop them up and get them on out there. We carry them because otherwise there's a good chance that either from that place in the house or the crate that they're going to have the accident on the way to the door. So we just carry them. It just skips that possibility. Um, but yeah, one to two hours of supervised play by somebody responsible. Then we pick them up, take them back outside to that same spot in the yard. Yay, good dog, go potty, into the crate. Shut the crate. We don't put water in there. We don't put toys in there. We don't put soft surfaces, beds, blankets. There's a very good chance they're either going to shred it, eat it, consume it, choke on it. They don't need those things in there for one to two hours. They're, they're not going to die without. And then after the timer is up, same thing again. Walk, pick them up, carry them to the same spot in the yard, and repeat the process. And the dog can go longer and longer. Um, so the first few days, it's one to two hours. And then as you know, the week goes on, two weeks goes on, you can go longer and longer. But that's the general process. You can actually set a timer on your phone. makes it super easy. You know when that one to two hours is up. And then just keep repeating it. And for the first day or so, yeah, the pup's going to have an absolute fit when you put him in that crate. Just let him have his fit. Otherwise, he's training you instead of the other way around. And as far as reprimanding, the old rub your nose in it or whatever reprimand you want to get, you should have a negative negative context for the dog if you catch them in the act. Grab them by the scruff, tell them bad dog, then take them outside to the same spot in the yard. Encourage them to go to the bathroom. Again, you're teaching them this is where I want you to go. It's bad to go in here. As far as if it's been five minutes because you weren't supervising the dog, you can rub your own nose in it. After five minutes, they have forgotten that they went in the house. It is not effective to reprimand them. You failed. It's your fault. And you need to make sure that you're doing a better job keeping them under a close eye while they're out. Yeah, if you find a spot that's, you know, half a day old, a day old or worse, forget it. Yeah, they're not going to remember they did that. You're, at that point, basically just being mean to the dog. They have no recollection that that was them. So those are your tips for today's podcast. I think we covered a lot on the dog side. Now, we are going to do a tip from Kate for your how to handle your significant other in hunting season on our hunting tip coming up after this. Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures and Soggy Acres Retrievers. In our house, my wife hates having the plastic kennels and wire crates. 
We need them for the dogs because we have times when they need to be put somewhere. But she cannot stand the look. So we talked to DCT Kennels, and we now have a new partnership with them for a product that is a crate, but also a piece of furniture. If you want something that is practical, as well as great looking, check out DCT Kennels. Hey, this is Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. I want you to know that we buy all of our trucks at Boucher Automotive. We go to Janesville. They've got a great selection, great staff. If you're looking for a new truck or car, check out our friends at Boucher Automotive in Janesville. Welcome back to the show. So now we are going to talk about the hunting tip, which as you can hear in the background, we're sporting cat adventures. The dog, <laughs> the cat is meowing. The cat does think it's a dog. It actually goes out with the dogs when they go out goes and goes the into yard. the dog yard <laughs> and goes to the bathroom outside because it thinks it's a dog. But I digress. We are going to talk about a hunting tip, which Kate is going to give you your foolproof hunting tip for your significant other that she does with yours personally when it becomes hunting season. Kate tried hunting. She decided it wasn't for her after trying it. She does like to go out and still spend time out in the outdoors, but she does not go along when it turns into hunting time. And these are her key tips. I did try. I very much did try. Um, there were parts about it I enjoyed, um, but there were parts that I didn't. And some of them actually have to do with hunting themselves and some of them have absolutely nothing to do with hunting. Um, things like I like to be home with our dogs and I am less anxious about hunting season when someone personal to our family is here with the dogs. So things like that, nothing to do with hunting. The fact itself. that she, she was hunting in Louisiana and uh, decided that 75 degrees at four in the morning was cold. Yeah. Um, where do you go with that when you hunt in Wisconsin? <laughs> I'm cold uh, constantly. There's the old, I hate bugs. There could be one fly in the marsh and if it lands precipitately close to her oh my god it's a I bug i do hate bugs i absolutely hate bugs um that is really hard during uh teal season in wisconsin because it's still warm here and, and it, warm yeah these all these and... all these big scary things that are oh, that yeah, are like so i mean i'm not afraid we, of my we, we completely them. understand this i mean they all make sense oh yeah so i tried it i do like being outdoors if the climate is right and we just want to go and hang out that is awesome if but... we're dog hunting in the deserts of arizona it's all it for could be her. All good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I still go out sometimes. I do enjoy actually being outside actually much more than being inside if the weather is right and everything. But um, given the fact that I'm not really built to hunt and have other reasons for not going, I guess my number one tip would be is if you have somebody in your family that does like to go, like the Disney song says, let it go. Let that person go. And no, this is not some sort of paid promotion where my husband slipped me a $50 bill to say this. Let the person go and enjoy it. Hunting is not like other hobbies that you can do it any day, any time. You can do it at two in the morning in February. You can do it in June. You can do it in December. It doesn't work that way. There are seasons and even within the season, there are better times to go than to not. Let that person go when they need to go and don't give them a hard time about it because that's when it has to be done. Um, I take it as kind of me time. Um, I go to bed when I feel like it. I have full control of the remote and I can watch whatever dumb English comedy that I want that my husband never would want to watch. I can take a hot bubble bath. 
I can go get ridiculous overpriced coffee. I can do all the things that I want to do while he's away enjoying the hunt. So you look like the hero of the year to let that person go and enjoy themselves out in the hunt. But you actually get to spend time doing the things that you want to do back at home too. And there is value to that. So um, just let the person go and enjoy it. Like I said, they only have a certain number of days in a year that are ideal for whatever type of quarry it is that they're after. Just let them go enjoy it and enjoy yourself. Um, there are absolutely far worse things. I can tell you from personal experience, from having been with other people, that that person could be doing with their time than hunting. You know, if they want to go and shoot a deer or shoot at a couple of ducks, let them, you know. This part of the show is brought to you by the Coalition for Hunting. Brought to you <laughs> probably not. by Soggy Acres Retrievers. It is Get not. your guys or ladies out there hunting and call it the Soggy Acres Retrievers for a soggy dog. No, it is not sponsored. That is my own personal opinion. There are worse things your significant other could be doing than hunting. So give them those couple of days or a week or whatever it is in the year and just enjoy your own me time. You know, how often do you get it where it's peace and quiet and you can sleep in or go to bed early or whatever it is that floats your boat. So My only thing I can say is that sometimes when you get divorced, you marry right the second time. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> No, but truly, there are worse things your your significant other could be doing, and it's a terrific time to invest some time in yourself, too. So enjoy it. Let them enjoy it. Um, you'll look like a total hero. So that is the end of our show. Thank you so much, beautiful lady, for coming on our show. We do want to thank everyone for listening. Give us that big review. If you want to donate to Anchor Support, we appreciate every penny, we every share, and every five-star review you can give us so we can grow our podcast. Thank you so much again. Everyone have a great week and God bless. Sporting dog adventures, run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun. Everything you need.